What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 84 of The Locker Room, brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers you precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, so make your testies their besties and get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using our code LACA, L-A-T-K-E, LACA. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code LACA, your balls. Well, thank you. We've got an unreal episode today with Noah Garden Swartz. That name is just such a mouthful. Garden Hoser, Garden Swartz. I don't know. We 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 said that a lot in the interview. We messed <laughs> around with him a little bit, but uh, you know, we we loved him. Awesome guy. I think you guys are really gonna enjoy that one. Definitely one of my top favorites, honestly. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but I do want to introduce the boys that are with me: Justin Kappelmaster, Cappy, and Jake Asman. And he doesn't have a cool nickname. We just call him Asman. So, what's up, fellas? Uh, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's good. Great. It's good. Everything's good. Um, I think I'm a little delayed on on the uh, on the Wi-Fi, but we'll we'll run with it. We'll let it ride. Um, Sound good to me, man. Okay, good. Last something with you and these comedians we're having on. I feel like there's just like a little bond you have. First, Jared. Now, now Noah. You're just like like tell me like those are like two of your top five episodes now. Well, I'm just a whore in the DMs, comedians. so I flirt with them before they come on. <laughs> that's kind of how that's kind of how it goes, you know. They, I, I that's what I try to do. Like I I DM people and I try to like flirt with them a little bit, whether it's a guy or girl. You know, I do the guy flirting and try to come up with something that we might have in common, so they kind of get comfortable before they even hop on. And then once they hop on, they're a little comfortable. You know, that's that's how you got to do it. Jewish geography is what Jewish you do. geography also. Yeah, you got to drop some names in common. Yeah, like as soon as we uh you know we got in touch with Noah, I dropped Jared's name, Sam's name. I don't know. Have we have have we had any other comedians on besides those two? I think just Jared and Sam. I think um, I don't believe so. Maybe some like people who consider themselves comedians, but not actual Maybe. comedians. We're working on Jerry Seinfeld. Obviously, he's probably the most notable Jewish comedian that we could get on the show. So uh, that's that's probably number one on the list if we're gonna continue down the the uh, you know comedic path. Well, he actually said he was down for next week, but I told him we couldn't because we have one booked already. And we'll get him the week <laughs> after. I'm sure. I'm sure he's very flexible. Yeah, I told him we'll pencil him in somewhere, but uh, he's been begging to come on for a long time. And I'm, I'm being dead serious for you guys that don't believe us. Seinfeld's really begging to come on here, so you can ask him for yourselves if you want. Um, but I do want to talk about Cappy and I and, and Maxie. Maxie's not here tonight, but we went on. We met at Acme last night, and I want you guys to stay tuned because that will be fun to listen to, I think. I don't know. I mean, Cappy, you think we did well? I don't, I don't really know. It's like hard to talk about It was good. Dating. It was good. It was interesting. I like text. I texted Laz before. Like, is there? And I know Laz like listens to We Met at Acme a lot more than I do. Um, but I texted him before. I'm like, like, is there something I should be prepared for? Like, what I should be should I, like? Should I be worried? And like Laz and I have done a couple podcasts before. Like, nothing like too crazy and stuff like that. But I'm not gonna lie, I was a little nervous for it. But I think we did great, to be honest with you. Like, there were some <laughs> there were some tough questions that I was not expecting, but it was it was good. Big oh, platform yeah. for you guys. I'm glad uh, you guys you guys are making the rounds in the uh, the podcast space. Yeah, we are. I, I actually well, said, fuck, too, Jake, I was like, oh, you are a little delayed, I guess, Cap, unless you're talking over me, you scumbag. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I was Ellie, Ellie and her friend were listening to it from like the living room last night, and they said we did well. So that's good, even though they only heard me talking, I guess. But 
They said it sounded good. If you did bad, would Ellie have told you? Or you guys at a point in your relationship where you guys are just brutally honest with one another? Yeah, she would have have told me for sure. But I also said, I was like, well, I didn't say this to Ellie, but I'm saying it now. (laughs) If if I was single and we went on, we we met at Acme, that would have like got me so much ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, so hopefully that works out for Max, though, to be honest with you. That's what we're looking for. Fingers crossed. Uh I'm single. So if they need a guest, tell them to hit me up. Yeah, well, you should have been on it with us. You're a part of our family. Well, no one told me. I mean, it's yeah, you weren't time, invited. Time passed. <laughs> you weren't invited. But next okay. time, next yeah, time, uh, you do got to be like worried, like or not like worried, like careful what you say. Like you don't want to get like shit on by like half of we met the we met at Acme fans for saying something you didn't mean to. You know, we should give a, a shout out to Lindsay Metzer though, who's a friend of ours, came on last week. But it, it is funny too because that was in the back of my mind because Lindsay always posts like screenshots of what the uh, listeners think of the episode. So I know as soon as hours comes out, like I'm gonna be bugging out at what like people dm her like oh my god i hate these guys or like oh they're so cute i love them like you know it could be it could be hit or miss honestly i have no i have no idea so I'm, I, I think you guys are gonna hit you guys are both njbs i mean what's not to love about what you guys bring to the table that's what i hope i hope so but i think it was good yeah so, we were very uh, yeah we were very we were very gentle with the interview i think that i think it went very well but um guys speaking of uh or not speaking speaking of our guest noah um, I wanted to ask you guys, like, obviously he's a comedian. I wish I was able to see his, one of his shows. Like hopefully in the future, I'll be able to, I know Laz, you want to as well, but like, I'm sure you guys have a lot of different like co- comedians and like your friend groups and stuff like that. And I was thinking like, what's like the one thing that gets you guys to laugh like the most, like what's like that one thing. And for me, like, I'll give an example. Like for me, it's when somebody else laughs. Like if somebody's had a contagious laugh, somebody's laughing, that's like my thing. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Like if I'm at a, uh, like if I'm at a comedy show, if I'm at like Noah's show and let's just say like, Noah's not having a good night, you know, but like he's not, you know, he's not doing well. But if, if somebody in this in the crowd is laughing, I'm all in, dude. Like that's just getting me going. I feel I, I don't know. What about you guys? No, I think that's a that's an obvious one. Like I, I'm also I think the one in my friend group, my laugh kind of sucks. And you guys make fun of me for it, too. I think I'm like sometimes the one who makes the other people laugh by my laugh because my laugh just sucks. But um, no, I, I mean, it's good I, though, but, but it's one of those. Yeah, I have. I don't know my because I feel like my podcast laugh is also different than like my normal laugh. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. My podcast laughs more of a chuckle. And my like laugh is like more high pitched and like, I don't even know. <laughs> but um, no, for me, like what always gets me is the uh, the perfect execution of a movie quote. Like when you have the chance, like, you know, you're, you're kind of, I guess, just hanging out, shooting the shit with your friends and like. Like, I guess the example I'll give one of my friends, Chase, uh, J- Jake knows him. Like the, the perfect example is if someone suggests something and like Chase doesn't want to do it, he'll do like, no, like shooter McGavin and happy Gilmore. Like he'll say it in that tone. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like so perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I think it's when happy goes, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast. And she was like, no. And then, <laughs> so Chase just like executes that so perfectly. And that always gets me. I think movie quotes are just like my, you know, trigger. Movie quotes is a very good one. Honestly, what gets me, anyone that could do impressions of like a, a common person that's either like a friend in the friend group or someone mm-hmm. that like, you know, everyone in the friend group knows or just like a celebrity impersonation. You know, I, I don't have the, imbil- the ability to impersonate people really well. I wish I did. That's like one skill. Like if I could like, you know, come back in a different life, I'd love to be able to like impersonate people because of my day job on the radio. That'd be that'd be really fun if I could like, you know, turn into you know, whoever the coaches of the football team that we're talking about. But mm-hmm. anyone that's good at impressions, I always laugh at. If you're good at, like, you know, making fun of uh, your friend or a public figure, that gets me every time. 
It's so funny you say that, Jake, because I'm like that guy in the group, or at least I try to be, but I'm so bad with impressions <laughs> that like my, I, so, so I think I'm good at impressions, but the, the only impression according to my friends that I can do is like an old Jewish man. So like, let's say I'm literally like, like making fun of one of my friends who is Spanish. I'll sound like <laughs> I'm an old Jewish man, but it's actually, I think I'm, <laughs> but to me, I think I'm, it's, it's funny. You gotta, gotta like hear from my friend group, but um, That's I, like Paul honestly, I didn't know it. And, yeah, I, I, know and I love I you, doing. man. Everything I do sounds Irish. <laughs> that's 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 me, though. I'm actually Paul Rudd, because when I try and do like an English uh, impression, like, oh, I'm English. I always end up uh, somehow sounding Irish. I'm not going to do it on the pod because it's going to uh -huh. be awful. But every time I've tried to do like a, a British accent or be like, hello, Gubna, I always end up sounding <laughs> way more Irish than English. So it never works out for me. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you can't do an impression for shit, Jake. For some I can't. Yeah. I can't. I wish I could. Um, mm. You know who could do a really good uh, impression? My buddy Dan Budick, a good friend of the show, big listener, that. excellent mm -hmm. at impressions of people. So Dan, Dan was always the the impression guy in the friend group at Sias at high school back in the day. I ran into Dan in Penn Station last week. Excellent guy. Had a great conversation. Always good to see him. He's going to love that. We just talked about him for 30 seconds. Going to yeah. make it, great make guy. it week. Great guy. It's definitely a good talent to have, boys. Um, but fantasy football, as we know, is right around the corner. And I want to take a second to talk about one of our lovely sponsors, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy for big cash prizes on Underdog Fantasy. You just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you could take a free shot at $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That is right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use our code LOCKA when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog personally because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, that's underdogfantasy.com in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Sign up and please use our code LOCKA. That's L-A-T-K-E and get a free $25 bonus in cash. Before we go into our new segment, which we've decided to call OFN, which stands for Once Forever and Never, it's the knockoff of a Fuck, Kill, Marry segment. I do want to talk about the finale of Dave, my favorite show on TV right now. I know Asm watches Cappy. I know you still haven't watched it yet, but you should. And it's funny because every show you recommend to me, I don't watch. And every show I recommend to you, you don't watch. So we're just I know, it's back. so funny. Yeah, we're just going back and forth. But for all the people that do watch Dave, Asman, I don't know if you got the chills, but man, that finale, like... We're not going to ruin anything or give spoilers away, obviously, but I don't know. I've watched the last scene of the finale probably like 75 times in the last week. I I, I mean, I love seeing Gata just like succeed, you know? I was very behind on Dave because I was on vacation and then, you know, started a new job down here. So I didn't get a chance to, uh, to, to like follow week to week like you were. But I will say the last three episodes were strong. Like they finished mm -hmm. season two really well. I, we, we talked about it on the pod before. It was kind of lackluster to start, to say the least, season two. But they ended really strong. So I'm excited about season three. I like the direction they ended season two. Dave's awesome, though. I mean, if if you're a listener of this podcast, then you should be watching that show because there's so many references to Jewish culture in it. It's hilarious how there's like subtle bar mitzvah things in there or camp references. Mm -hmm. They do a great job of... Uh, uh, of just kind of like getting in like the the Jewish jokes where they can on that show. I mean the the two actors that played Dave's mom and dad on the show 
or as stereotypical Jewish parents as you could have. So it's hilarious. And the, the show's great. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad they picked it up, John, because it was it was not good early on. But the last couple episodes of season two made up for uh, the start of season two, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been describing it as like a entourage meets curb kind of show. Like, so if anyone likes both those shows, like, I think it's the perfect show. And the best part about it is like, it's it's basically a fictional biography. Like a lot of these things are based on, you know, real things in Little Dickie's life. And he and he plays himself, which is really cool. Like that that's not very common amongst TV shows. You know, it's kind of like the Larry David vibe and Little Dickie obviously calls himself LD. Cap, what do you got? Two things. One, I think that we should start calling Johnny John for now on, Jake. That's catching on to me. I don't know. It's so professional. I love it. John? Like, I hate John so much. That's, I hate John. That's what that's what Jake that's what Jake just said. Like, what do you, you think? Call John? Me John? I fucking love it. I, I called you John. You know what I thought of? You, you know the entourage character Phil Yagoda? Yeah. Remember him? The guy yeah. that I guess yeah. is like the CBS executive on the TV show. Uh-huh. So you know how everyone in Entourage obviously refers to drama as Johnny Drama? He does call him John. He does Bill call Yagoda him John. calls him John. So yep. when I called you John this year, John. I, I, just now I immediately thought of our good friend uh, Phil Yagoda from Entourage. He fired him on Merrill's place. He did. Yeah. He did. I remember Phil Yagoda. But yeah, never call me John ever again. <laughs> My bad. I didn't even hear it. Second, uh, second topic on uh, on the show. Obviously, I haven't watched it yet. But do you think like the producers and like all and like Dave like once they realized like obviously it was all recorded, but do you think they realized like okay the first two episodes are like kind of shit, but like all right we'll be fine. Like these like these last ones are gonna pick up. Like even they knew that going into I, it. I mean, I think even in the first season there was like a little bit of a drop off, and then it you know kind of picked up and ended strong. So I mean. It, it wasn't necessarily that the first couple episodes were bad or that there was a drop off. It's just like the character that little Dickie was portraying was a character that you just didn't want to like, but toward the end of the season, you wanted yeah. to like him again, which is like normal. Cause I mean like season seven, season seven of entourage, like nobody wanted to like Vince. He was just, you know, out of control. And, and that's what they wanted in the show. Like you can't, you can't always love the main character. You got, you got to have like, you know, your, your battles a little bit to, to make him come out on top. That makes sense though. We should, we should talk about that. Like more like, like characters like in shows that like end up throughout the seasons like change yeah. their personalities like there's so many characters that like i'm trying to like think of now that like i loved at the start and then like something happened or like they changed and i'm like mm. fuck these guys now like done you know and you and you love rap cappy like that's why you'd love dave so much it's like it's like literally all about like being a professional rapper and there's yeah, a lot yeah, to 100%. it because i don't sense. know how to be a professional rapper yeah and well the, the coolest thing is, is that like pe- a lot of people don't know little dicky's story you know I've, I've been following him listening to him for you know I think my first year out of high school. So like almost six years and he was working at like a normal ad agency in San Francisco. Like when he was 26 years old, like literally working at a cubicle, a normal desk job. And then all of a sudden, you know, his, his family begged him not to post anything about rap and, and under little Dicky, but he did it anyway and got like a million views in the first day on YouTube. And that's how his career kind of just took off. Like it was all really just a joke uh, in a sense. Is he your dream guest for this podcast? If you had to pick one person to have on, is it little Dicky? Yeah, everyone knows that. Anyone that's listened to our podcast knows that once we get Little Dicky, I'm never doing another podcast ever again. <laughs> that's it. You just <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I would never quit, but <laughs> but uh, he's like, you know, he's he's my fucking favorite celebrity out there right now. I'm gonna work on that for you. I'm gonna make some calls. I've already emailed his manager like a million times, but please do. I'm gonna make some calls, uh, and I'm gonna be like, listen, Mister Dicky. <laughs> Mr. Bird, we need you on the locker room. Mm-hmm. My co-host will, uh, will, will it, you know, let, let's just say that uh, he's going to need a new pair of pants if you're willing to come on the show. 
Well, he is like the perfect person for our show. Like, like I, I think when we started it, like he was just the person I imagined coming on here. You know. All right. Well, enough about Dave. Let's yeah. go into to OFN. This and OFN once again stands for once, forever, and never. It's a fuck kill Mary knockoff because we, we don't want to be basic and call it fuck kill Mary, but it's basic anyway, just with a different name. But uh, this week we decided to go with the category of drunk college eats. And we have four things, but one of them is an honorable mention that we could kind of talk about and pick from. But the main three are Domino's, McDonald's, and Taco Bell. And the honorable mention is Jimmy John's because not every college campus has Jimmy John's, but it's definitely in the top five of drunk college eats. So I actually, you know what, Cappy, you started all the time, so you're going to start it again. Let's send it over to you. And you can kind of describe, because I, I have different feelings about all these, so I want you to kind of describe like why you're choosing which, if that makes sense. I'll go in a little depth. And you did say Jimmy John's the top five. I don't, wouldn't consider it. I would say it's your personal top five. Yeah. I know we talked about this a little bit prior. Your mm-hmm. personal top five. I will, don't get me wrong. Love Jimmy John's. And I'll talk about the honorable mention before I do my once, forever, never. Because Jimmy John's does have a little special place in my heart. When I was at Ferris, that was like the one spot besides another spot that I'm going to talk about in a little second here. But Jimmy John's was like the one spot that was open late night. And I ate it quite a bit while I was mm-hmm. at Ferris. So... Speaking of that, my other one, which is going to be my forever, is going to be Taco Bell, just because, um, first off, it's just so good drunk. Like, I don't like I don't understand why it's so much better drunk, but it really is. And that was during my time at Ferris, right next to the bar star shooters that like everybody went to. That was like the spot that was Mm -hmm. open 24 hours. You go inside like just a lot. You know what I mean? It it has um, sentimental value. It really does. Mm And then I'm going to go with my once. I'm going to do McDonald's because you just can't go wrong with McDonald's. You really can't late night. You always got your order. You know what your order is going to be. It's ready to go. Bada bing, bada boom, done. And then I'm going to never Domino's specifically because I can do a little pizza t- pizza hut. I can get something else, little Caesars, you know, Domino's could wait. That's good. I was going to announce this. Jake, what do you no, got? I was going to announce this. Thank That's you. a solid Thanks. list. That's a solid list. I respect it. Here's my list. All right. So I put a lot of thought into this and, and, and by thought, I mean about five minutes of uh, looking at <laughs> names and uh, immediately coming to mind you know, where I'm going to go. I'm going to start with, uh, with the, the once and, and the once is tricky here, but I'm going to go with Domino's for the once. And I'll tell you why Domino's to me is very good when you're drunk, but it's not something I ever want to marry. I don't want to consistently have that. I need, I need, I need more, but the cheesy bread late at night, we've all been there. Uh, Domino's does get it done when you're having a late night. Certainly, you know, drunk college eats Domino's is, is deserving of being in the list. So Domino's is my once my forever. And this was hard. It was between McDonald's and Taco Bell. But I'm going to go with uh, McDonald's for this reason. Variety. If I'm going to marry you, we're going to be together forever. McDonald's gives you so many more options than if I were to go Taco Bell. And I love Taco Bell. I'm a big, you know, number $5 box, whatever they have mm. in that month. I'm all about it. But McDonald's, I can go burger. I could go chicken. I could go uh, chicken nuggets. There's just a, so it's many right. other options. <laughs> you know, exactly. They have uh, a breakfast options as well. So McDonald's, you have to marry McDonald's because, you know, it, it gives you the most options. So my my forever is certainly a McDonald's. And my never, my never is Jimmy John's. And that pains me to say, guys, because uh-huh. I love Jimmy John's. But I love Taco Bell more, and I couldn't find a spot for T-Bell. So my never is Jimmy John's. But you know, I, I, I'm good. I'm good with any of these, but look, you, you can't ride the fence on the locker room podcast. You got to make a decision. And I have, <laughs> have you ever had the McGriddle from McDonald's? 
Um, I think yes. I have, but it's been a long time since I've tried it. That thing is so fucking good. It's like it's it's a, a breakfast sandwich, but the bread is two pancakes. It's so fucking good. McDonald's is unreal breakfast. Yeah, like, they it's, do. Wait, there's so if we're doing like uh, maybe we'll have to do a separate list one of these nights. Uh-huh. Best food to have when you're hungover: a McDonald's just bacon, egg, and cheese, or a McDonald's McGriddle. I mean, that's right at the top of the list. Well, yeah, of things you'd want. We could do like the McDonald's versus like uh you know Tim Hortons Duncan or like a Denny's or something. I don't know, maybe Denny's IHOP and whatever those breakfast. Oh, we can do Denny's IHOP and Waffle Denny's IHOP, Perkins. Perkins, that one too. But uh, Best breakfast I'm, I'm, spots, Tiger breakfast Woods spots. all over Perkins. Yeah, we have we have a lot of these to go through over the next couple of weeks, and hopefully our listeners can submit some of theirs. Like, you know, I would love to get the opinion of, of the listeners too and, and, and do one that they have in mind. But I'm going to go with mine. I'll start with my once also. And my once is going to be a little different, I think, than both of yours. My once is going to be Taco Bell. I, I love Taco Bell, but every time I eat it, I feel like fucking shit. Like, I already feel bad enough when I'm <laughs> drunk, but I think it just makes the hangover so much worse. Like, you just add in, like, I already told you guys I have so many bathroom problems. Like, you add Taco Bell into a night of beers and alcohol, like, that is just a miserable, miserable next day. So I'm going Taco Bell once. And I, honestly, a big thing, though, about Taco Bell, too, that I love is those, like, little cinnamon bite balls, you know? You, you know what I'm talking about? They have, like, cinnamon munchkins, twist. like... Yeah, cinnamon twist. They're like little munchkins, but they have like a uh, cinnamon roll taste with the cream inside. So fucking good. Um, I'm going to go never or for I guess I'll go for me forever. I kind of like Asmund's analysis with McDonald's. Like there's a lot you can get. And I'm big. I'm actually a big fan of the McChicken. And then, dude, you also have the McFlurry, which is so good when you're drunk. And the cook, they have like a cookie tote, which uh, McDonald's chocolate chip cookies honestly might be better than um, insomnia cookies. And doesn't McDonald's not have the best fries out of any of the fast food places? Like McDonald's fries, I'd put up there with with any any of the other fast food places. I'm a Nathan's fry guy. I like the crinkle cut. Nathan's is good, but McDonald's is you're comparing it to like you know your Burger King, Wendy's. Like honestly, Chick Fil A and their waffle fries might be number Mm -hmm. one, but like you know out of like the core basic fast food places, like McDonald's to me is right up there with the best fries. Cabo. Let me just say, let, let me just say that I'm not changing my list, but Jake's analysis yeah. of McDonald's is really making me question it with uh-huh. the whole variety package really throwing me off right yeah. now. But continue, Laz. <laughs> well, my, my never for the sure. Five tool not- player, McDonald's. You know, McDonald's is my trap. Yeah, you, know, you gotta be able to do everything. Yeah. My never is for yeah, sure Domino's. I, I think I can just go without Domino's. Like, although then again, I do love the cinnamon sticks and, and the lava case are so, are so good too. But the pizza is like, eh, like, I'm not a big fan of Domino's pizza when I'm drunk, and I, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've had way better, and it just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me when I'm drunk. Yeah, we're really gonna have to think about this one because I mean, Domino's does like. Don't get me wrong, I'm not changing my list. Like, like I said before, but Domino's does have variety. You know, you can get, a, you can get a couple sandwiches there. Yeah, they do have pasta. They do have, you know, they, they do have desserts. You know, so, so there is a little variety there. So I think uh, we're gonna have to think about our answers a little bit more next time after Jake's analysis. That's for well, sure. <laughs> I think so. Maybe Asm will start us off in this segment, but I also think that I'm marrying, I'm marrying McDonald's. I decided that, but I'm divorcing McDonald's after like 10 years. I'm going to Jimmy John's because Jimmy John's, I just feel good after, you know, like Jimmy John's is a good drunk sandwich. And you get like the pickle and you don't feel like shit the next day. Cause it's not that heavy. It's just like something that hits the spot and you're good. It, it, it's you don't quick have too. that next, you don't have that next day feeling, you know, totally agree. It's quick it's as well. well. Yeah, dude, you you but order it and they're there in two seconds. Twenty four hours as well. Yeah, they are. They're open twenty four hours. I think. Yeah, you're right. But you order Jimmy John's and you hit submit order. They're there within five minutes. Not even kidding. It's like, amazing. It 
It is so and, quick. And what's great about it too is like it's it's cheaper than some of these other spots if you're going to mm-hmm. try and get like a sandwich. Like I, I'm a big Jersey Mike's fan, but a oh, it takes so way longer and it's way more expensive. Jimmy John's, you go in there, you want just a sandwich, you pay like seven bucks and mm-hmm. they'll have it ready for you in three minutes in and out. It's it's phenomenal. I'm a big fan of uh, the, the double J. Mm-hmm. If uh, if hey Jimmy John's, if you're listening and you want a couple Jewish boys yeah. to represent, you know, I'll eat a Jimmy John sub every fucking episode for you. I swear. We'll do yeah. a live podcast from a random Jimmy John's if they sponsor this show. Well, there's none around Long Island. There's none. I don't think there's any around us. I don't know. Are there any in Florida? Yeah, there are in Florida. Yeah, a bunch of Florida. Florida. Yeah, all over the place. Two minute walk from where I'm sitting right now here in Houston to the nearest Jimmy John's. I'm there all the time. Is Cappy, I have a question for you since you're in Florida. Is a pub sub a, a drunk eat or is that like a, a just lunch? Well, it's not really a drunk eat because like the, the, de- I mean, okay. So it's a drunk eat. Like if you're day drinking the, a uh-huh. huge drunk eat because be, it's not open, you know, like late night, like yeah, they'll yeah. close the, the that section off. But dude, the amount of times, um, like more stuff, so, I'm going to give my buddy Joel a shout out real quick. Like we used to go over his house every summer. Like we'd go just like over his house, like big, great pool, just like darty. That was like the go-to thing. Stop at Publix, get a chicken tender pub sub. So yeah. like we had it prepared for when we were drunk and we were like, good to go. That is hundred percent hands down a big time one. Pub subs are goaded. And that's actually that's another uh OFM we can do in the future, like Publix, Wegmans, and what's another one? There's gotta be one more. Something similar like that. Meyer. Maybe. I don't know. We'll figure that out another time. But H-E-B. that was that was a successful OFM. So I think we did well. We all had different answers too, I think, right? Yeah, we did. Good uh, yeah. variety. Pretty sure we always we we all did. Um, a lot of hot takes on this podcast tonight, yeah. gentlemen. No, definitely. But uh, th- once again, if you guys have a better name for it, please let us know because still kind of a working title, not set in stone. But we we do like the OFN. I think it sounds rolls off the tongue nicely, but it's it's not the best. It's growing right. on me. Yeah, it's it's definitely grown. It's grown a little bit. Um, you guys are getting into the interview with Noah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. This guy grew up in Denver, Colorado, and was bar mitzvahed. At, I know I'm already going to botch this, but Beit Midrosh Hagadul. How, how, did I do good? Is that good? Uh, about, you, you bat about 30%. All right, all right. Well, he, he's a comedian, writer, and uh, we're super excited to have him. We've heard a lot of good things, and we're excited to have him face-to-face. But welcome to the locker room, our new friend, Noah Gardenswartz. Noah, what's going on? Not much. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So you're now in LA, you've been in New York for a long time, but why did you make the jump? I'm, I'm kind of curious. I feel like New York's a great scene for the comedians. Yeah, it is. I mean, um, I actually, I started comedy in Atlanta and then I moved to New York in 2013 because it is the premier stand-up scene. Um, and then I got a job writing for a TV show, which I was lucky enough to get one of the few TV writing jobs in New York. Um, and as a comedian writer, New York or LA are kind of the two cities you have to pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love New York, but then my wife and I, we got married two years ago and we had a child last year. And once we had a one-year-old that started uh, crawling and learning, <laughs> to walk, we realized we needed more space than a Brooklyn apartment could give us. So we headed out West. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. And I, and I do want to give a shout out before we, we go any further to a, a listener of ours, Eric Lacouch or Lacouch. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, but uh, Eric kindly connected us in, in some sorts and um, wanted to give him a shout out really quick. But also, you just mentioned your, your newborn and your new album called New Fodder. Is it fodder? Yeah. New Fodder? Is that how you like it? Yeah, it's, like a, it's a cheesy pun on father yeah. slash fodder material. Yeah. Should have yeah. went with uh, the Austin Powers, Farger. <laughs> Faja, yeah but uh it came out pretty recently um we we both actually listened to the whole thing yesterday and i'm I'm curious too because i actually we've had a couple of comedians on jared freed uh sam marill and both good friends with both of them love those guys awesome guys but are comedy albums like common i feel like i've never really heard of a comedy album yeah they yeah they're they are common i mean mm-hmm. I feel like you would have to be a comedy fan to actively know about them. They're kind of things you kind of have to seek out. Like they certainly don't get the pop culture promotion that a music album would, but yeah, Mm. there's thousands of albums. And I mean, certainly the history of comedy, that's kind of how it all started with a lot of the comedians in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I was crying at the, at the wedding ring effect. That was fucking hilarious. (laughs) I, I relate well to the penis jokes. Those are my favorites. Thanks. Yeah. I like the Jews in Jamaica, I'm not gonna lie, but uh, uh honestly okay. how important do you think it is like obviously these names, like you you've been doing like all these like puns and like these funny names to like attract I guess like attract listeners more. I saw the one was uh White Man Can't Joke, I think you had as well. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean all these uh, I think are so clever and I think especially like when you're posting on like YouTube and these like platforms like Obviously, like, you're a funny guy, but like these names attract more more listeners. Well, like if I'm going, I see that I'm thinking like, oh, white man can't jump. Like, oh fuck, I gotta listen to this, you know. So it, it's funny, man. That first and foremost, I appreciate you saying that, but I actually like I almost cringe at the thought of being considered a pun guy because I like, <laughs> like I like I really typically shy away from puns. New fodder, I did just because I knew so much of the material was about being a father, and I was like, fuck mm-hmm. it, why not? I'm also horrible with online mark. Like I'm very lazy and not in the know when it comes to uh, my social media presence is is not strong and I'm not I don't actively pursue being well known online. And so you know I I am a purist in that form of like with, with regards to my career and stand up. Like I care about being funny. I care about writing good jokes. I have a great job writing for a show. And then beyond that, the chips kind of fall where they may. Like I'm not out here trying to be as famous and well-known as I possibly can. I just want to make sure that whoever does find their way to my material likes my material. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I certainly don't name my albums based on like what I think will be the most well-received clickbait wise. Uh, White men can't joke. I was, I was high one night, like taking <laughs> a walk, thinking of what would be a cool album cover. I wasn't even thinking about the name. I was just like, what do I want the album to look like? And white men can't jump as like a lifelong basketball player and a white guy who was very frequently the only white guy on a lot of teams. White men can't jump, like has a special spot in my heart just as a movie. And literally out of nowhere, the the name kind of came to me. And it's funny because if you see the album cover and you know the movie, you think it's a great album title and like you instantly get it and it's funny and it's clever. But I've been introed on so many shows where people either don't know the movie or if you don't have the album cover saying that I was clearly like doing a parody of Billy Hoyle, mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm like one of those men's rights activists, racist, free yeah. speech. They're like, and Noah Garden Swartz has an album, White Men Can't Joke. <laughs> and it sounds like I'm one of those guys that's like, oh, white people can't even say what they want anymore. And I'm like, yeah, that album title actually kind of backfired. Honestly, that's such an interesting point. I didn't even like that didn't even come to my mind. Like I knew the whole like right when I saw it, I knew that that was a parody. 
Right. Well, I didn't realize it would ever be a problem until yeah. I got introed on a show and someone who clearly didn't know the movie said it like that. And I was wow. like, oh, that sounded awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's so fun. I wouldn't even like think that way, but I guess it makes sense for someone who's not familiar. Stay on the stay on the topic of weed, because I did read that you uh, <laughs> you did grow weed at one point. Correct. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I mean, obviously, being Colorado, like it's very common there, stuff like that. Uh, I um, I did it when I was in Atlanta, and it was very, <laughs> it was very legal at the time. Well, I well, I love that. Um, but integrity farms. How has, yeah. How has um like I mean, smoking weed just like in general, like how has it impacted like your comedy career? Like, have you just like do you think of a lot more jokes? Do you 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 get more creative from that sense, or? Well, it's interesting. Like I I was a. I was like an all day, every day smoker for years. Like even as an athlete from the time I was 16 until I was about 30, I was just always high. Um, and so like, I didn't, I didn't smoke weed as an artist to like boost my creativity. It was just something me and my friends did socially. And it was just a part of my natural life. And yeah, like, especially early on coming up in comedy, a lot of some of my best jokes either came from being high and thinking of it or experiences I had while I was high. But I never, I never like use it as a creative crutch or a necessity. Like I didn't need to be high to write or or do stand up. And then uh, it, it's interesting because like early on, I was very much a weed comic or like thrown into that box of like this guy's a stoner comedian. And a lot of my earliest fans knew me that way. And now I almost never smoke. Not not for any reason in particular. Just the older I got, the busier I got the less I enjoyed it. And it just like, I used to just function perfectly high. And now sometimes it makes me anxious and I just don't have fun with it the way I used to. So now I hardly ever smoke. And a lot of people don't really know that. Yeah. Well, we kind of, we kind of skipped over your, your basketball career. You, you played D3 at Emory. Were you, were you, were you playing games high in college? No. And I also, <laughs> I, I, I never like even in high school. Yeah, no, like I was never high on the basketball court. But as soon as practice or a game was done, like I yeah. had a blunt ready to go in the car. <laughs> but but I also I mean, I'm sure you guys played college sports at a much higher level than I did. I First of all, I played D3. And second of all, I got injured my freshman year and stopped playing after that because Division three, there's no scholarships. And so mm -hmm. once I was injured, not on scholarship, I was like, I just want to have a fun college experience. So I, I certainly didn't have like a fruitful college career, but I did technically play college ball, which was yeah. a dream. Um, and I have a gold medal from the international, the Maccabee games. I, I rep for uh, team USA. Okay. There. I've got a silver. Okay. <laughs> who, who won golden hockey? I have to guess Canada, right? Yeah. They, they smacked us. <laughs> okay. They win every fucking year. I, I kind of want to go back. I'm out of shape now, but I want to go back next year and try. How playing much blame do you put on me for that? A lot. He was supposed to be our goalie, and he didn't come. He bailed. Oh, really? I was yeah. gonna say, is that where you two met? But no. No, we, we met uh, like seven eight, seven years ago playing junior hockey in Texas. Um, but we oh, wow. obviously, okay. you know, been friends ever since. Two Jews in Texas. That's kind of like our backstory. <laughs> Two awesome. hockey Jews in Texas. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's our next album. We'll show you a picture. We'll send. That's it to you. our next album. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. That's our next album. <laughs> um, no, you talked about um, like how your your fans kind of uh, threw you into that like weed smoking comedy like group was that kind of when you were doing uh like the last comic standing was it like that 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 era uh yeah and even before then um yeah i mean it wasn't until last comic standing and some of my tv appearances and when my career started taking off a little bit that i would say i actually had fans and i mean yeah. it feels weird to even say that now like it feels presumptuous to be like my fans but um but yeah like i mean even when i just moved to new york like doing open mics or or 
meeting other comedians around the scene, I was just always kind of known as one of those dudes that always had weed, could get weed, was high. I was just like, <laughs> you know, that, was, that was just like kind of wow. part of my social group. Yeah, I was ta- I was talking more from like a joke standpoint, like integrating like weed into your joke kind of thing. But I'm I'm also really curious about the last comic standing because I mean, first I think you were a semifinalist. I read, which is which yeah. is pretty, which is pretty cool. I mean, for one thing, and then from another thing, uh, like Laz and I, obviously hockey players, extremely competitive. Um, and like you don't think of like comedians or comics in like a uh, like a competitive standpoint, you know, like fighting to be the best. You really yeah. don't think about that. Same thing with like food. Like obviously, there's a lot of like cooking co- competitions and shit like that now. Right. Um, like, how is it competing? Like, like in like comedy competitions, like that. Um, it's so it's interesting you say that because like there definitely are a lot of things that I took from my background in sports that ended up that ended up benefiting me as a comedian in terms of just like hard work, preparation, practice, and and yeah, like being being able to compete and like not getting shy under the bright lights and like being able to seize the moment is a lot of what you have to deal with as an athlete. And there are a lot of comedians who, surprisingly enough, have a background in sports. Um, so it kind of goes one of two ways. You either have comedians who were like very successful in other things and came to comedy with the approach that made them successful in whatever their endeavors were. And then you have like kind of the and I'm not I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but like <laughs> the beta, the beta nerd loser, like comedians who came to comedy because they were always awkward or misfits. And this is yeah, the community yeah. where they found. So it's like one of two of those things so um but comedy is a weird like i hate comedy competitions because unlike sports art is subjective so like there's no final score where you can definitively say i won they lost it's entirely up to the taste of the judges the people watching voting in and so like on one hand that makes it frustrating and on the other hand it also helps you not take it as seriously because you're like listen there's not much i could have done other than tell my jokes you know they like it or they don't, but that, you know, it's, it's not like when you play a bad game, you're like, shit, if I would have just hit that shot, it's like, yeah. as long as you tell your jokes, you hit the shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious how you met your wife. I feel like it's a funny story just from talking to you. I don't I don't know why. Well, she's a comedian as well. Okay. And we met on a podcast. We met, there's oh, no way. two very fantastic comedians, Chloe Hilliard and Yamanika Saunders. Uh, they both, they had a podcast and they each got to bring one guest on and Esther and I, were guests on the same week and it's it's funny because uh my wife and i we have the same manager and i knew of her back then like she was a hot jew who was a comedian so i was just kind of like i didn't know her but i knew of her and so Mm -hmm. when we were on the podcast together i was kind of like oh i'm I'm about to like spit you know (laughs) we'll have to get her on here too yeah. Oh, she would, she would love to do it. And and I'm sure she would be happy to tell you the first time we ever actually met, she kind of played me. She like, she really? brought me up hard. Cause my manager tried to basically set us up indirectly. Like my manager reached out the next day and kind of told her like, Noah thought you were cute or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, why is my manager trying to interfere with my love life? Like I need you for my career. Stop yeah. trying to get me laid, you know? Yeah. Um, and so she kind of brushed me off hard. And then it wasn't until we met on the podcast, she had a boyfriend at the time. And you could hear while I was on the podcast, like kind of actively trying to drop hints to steal her from her boyfriend. Uh-huh. And uh, and that week while she was in town, we hung out all week and eventually I, I, I stole her. And now she's my wife. Wow. That's actually, inc- I can't even imagine like a comedian couple. Do you guys like, like I, I'm assuming, I mean, I've heard you use material like you know about your family, about your wife. I want to hear like it's got to be funny to have you know both ends in the comedy bits. I feel like you know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, as with everything, it comes with its ups and downs. Um, Definitely more ups than downs, though. Like we laugh all the time. The reason we fell in love is we make each other laugh Mm -hmm. all the time. We have a very fun household. Um, We help each other with material and jokes. And like, it's great to have a wife who understands when I'm on the road or why I have late nights. She's not like arguing about it. She gets it as a career, but at the same time, comedy is a tough career and now we have two people in that same tough career path in the same household but luckily we both found some success and uh our kid has a roof over his head and everything he needs so it's fine yeah your son's gonna grow up and like watch your comedy special and your wife's comedy special he's like mom why the fuck dad what the fuck you know it's it's actually wild thinking about some of the information he's gonna know (laughs) that he's able to comprehend because because my wife is raunchier than i am like her really yeah she's she's an r-rated comic and so oh, like, you're very you're very pg <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not i'm not clean but she's but she's definitely not clean and uh-huh. so he's gonna, he's gonna learn a lot about his mom's pussy by the time <laughs> <laughs> as we all do at some point yeah. it's funny because it's, it's he's probably just chilling you, you and your wife probably just sit there and crack jokes at him all day how old is your yeah. son by the way He's 14 months. Yeah, so he's probably sitting there like, little do you guys know? He's probably like, will you guys shut the fuck up already? <laughs> I know. I know. There, sometimes he gives that that look, but also he has an excellent, innate sense of humor. Like, obviously, <laughs> he can't speak yet, and we don't know what he can or can't understand, mm-hmm. but he legit laughs at the correct time. Like, when we're sarcastic or we say something that's very clearly an adult joke, he laughs when he's supposed to laugh. And we're like, maybe he just got it. <laughs> Are you going to show him super bad when he turns five? you know what i'll let him find what he finds my uh, dad my dad showed me the south park movie when i was like five years old because he just thought i was like a normal cartoon (laughs) nice that's fine well and here you are hosting a podcast so it works yeah exactly i heard shut your fucking face uncle fucker when i was five and i fell in love (laughs) that's right up there with mato vu that's so good well actually we'll speak while we're on the topic of kids too i mean you're, dude, you're like a jack of all trades. You're a journalist, a writer, a comedian. You, you taught elementary school. Like, you got to tell us kind of how you got to this path of comedy because, you know, you were a basketball player, first of all. And now, you know, you're a comedian. You're, you know, 37 years old. But when did you find comedy if you were, you know, teaching right after college? Well, so, I mean, I guess it all comes back like full circle to just kind of being a pothead where, <laughs> I, like, my, my only passion growing up was basketball like high school all I cared about was playing college ball and I had the delusional I knew I wasn't going to make it to the NBA but I was like maybe if I have a good college career I can go play in Europe something like that so my entire focus was basketball Mm -hmm. Uh, growing up I grew up in a funny Jewish household like both of my parents were funny I have two sisters we were kind of just like a crazy house where like you could say and do whatever you wanted as long as it was truly funny Um, and, (laughs) uh, and so like I grew up watching stand-up and appreciating comedy never had the goal of being a comedian um but then when i got injured and like suddenly basketball was no longer the center of my life when i was in college that's when i started writing i was just looking for like a new outlet of expression Mm -hmm. and uh and i was a sociology major i was a pothead sociology major who didn't know what i wanted to do after school like i didn't have a career path that i was passionate about so my senior year in college i started doing open mics just to see if the jokes I was writing were any good. Again, not with the goal of like being a famous comedian. I was just literally like, I wrote some jokes. Let's see how it works. I hit the stage and I enjoyed it. And the rest was kind of history from there. But um, but I actually, like when I graduated college, the first job I got was in journalism because that was just an internship I had senior year in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
my mom got sick and she passed away from cancer. And sorry. at that point, oh, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not like trying to go down. To, like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. No, um, so when that happened, I actually, I stepped away from comedy for a few years just to kind of reassess. Like I was 24 years old. I lost my mom and threw me in a tailspin. Mm -hmm. So that in that two or three year period, that's when I just kind of tried out a lot of different things. That's when I grew weed, taught elementary school, day traded for a hedge fund. Like I kind of dipped my toe in the water of various things where like, I liked all those things and I took a lot of life skills from all those things and they're great experiences, but none of them were my passion. And in that time, that's when I realized how much I missed stand up. Yeah. And so after trying all those things, I went back to stand up with kind of a new perspective and a new approach and took it much more seriously and actually was like, okay, I'm going to go for it and try to make a career out of it. And that's when like soon after I moved to New York and kind of hit the ground running. I remember you saying in uh, in one of the specials I watched the other day, like I was a sociology major, so obviously I started selling weed or whatever that yeah. joke was. That was that was yeah. great. That was that was so funny. I was cracking up with that. Zach or or Zach. Zach. <laughs> I was reading. I was reading a, uh, a message. I'm sorry, Noah. Um... Well, it's good to know that I'm so engaging. <laughs> no, you are. You are. You are. Sometimes uh, Laz and I will send a couple of little messages back and forth, which I was it's okay. Just... I'm I'm texting so many other people right now. <laughs> I was just uh do you know before I tell you this you have you ever gotten like you look like a lookalike like you look like somebody you know Benjamin it's uh funny that you asked me that question. <laughs> no, I yeah I actually I there are like three or four people that I get and I can tell how well I'm taking care of myself or where my weight is at based <laughs> on who the doppelganger because like literally I've gotten everyone from Channing Tatum to Seth Rogen, and I can see. Oh God, that's a that's a that's a opposite end of the spectrum. I have it. I have one. Like I have. I literally sent. I sent Laz a picture. That's why I was just freaking out, Noah, because Noah. I didn't Noah, get it. <laughs> um, ben Roethlisberger. Oh, I mean, I've heard that one, and I don't love that one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. love getting Big Ben, but I've I've gotten that one as well. And then I've gotten. Uh, I don't hear it, but I've had a few people like swear by it that my voice doppelganger is bradley cooper i could also see i could also see uh biz nasty a little bit just because of the nose but i don't know who's biz nasty he's a hockey player he's cap you're, player. you're calling him zach you're telling me he looks like big ben what the fuck's your problem man <laughs> well, yeah, well now i need what's biz nasty's real name i need to see uh how ugly this you actually guy. you actually he's actually kind of a good looking guy but yeah. but you don't look like him I, I don't think you guys look alike all right not that you're not a good looking guy <laughs> no, it's it's all good, man. You know, I'm already married with a kid, so it doesn't matter. I see the chan I see the Chang Tatum. Yeah, you got the Crocs on now. Biz nasty. Let's see. Huh. I actually think I actually think you look more like Biz Nasty I, than I, me. I yeah, I agree. But yeah, I'll take that. He's a good look. Listen, he's a lot better looking than fucking Big Ben, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I don't see I don't see Seth Rogan at all. When I wear glasses and when I'm like when my beard is a little longer and again, when I've got a few more pounds on it, like it, it's all very situational. I'm also hearing Bradley Cooper. Now I do hear that. That is, is pretty accurate. I, I still don't hear, but I have a few people who don't know each other. Like I've had different random people at times, like swear that I sound exactly like Bradley Cooper, but like hangover Bradley Cooper. I'm, I'm like hearing that a little bit. Yeah, sure. I think it's, I think he's a cool voice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to talk. I want to talk about um, like the stand-up side of comedy a little bit. I, I, we, when we spoke to Jared Fried a little bit, I talked to him about like um, like basic interacting with the crowd and shit like that. Like, how important is that for like your act specific, like crowd interaction? It's not. It's not important for my act at all because I I go up there with like pre prepared material and 
I spend a lot of time on the jokes that I have ready. So like, I don't need a crowd to say anything, mm-hmm. but um, over the year, and I used to hate crowd work. I used to freeze or like really get thrown off by people who would yell out. And over the years, just from doing it for so long, I've gotten good at it. And now I'm, I'm good at interacting with the crowd. I'm good at going off the cuff when it happens, but I never seek it out. So it's like, it's great to have in my back pocket that now if there's, and, and I, I honestly very, very rarely get heckled. What I get a lot of times is like positive heckles, like drunk people who are having a good time that think they're adding to the show or the joke, like <laughs> saying something almost in encouragement. Uh-huh. Um, and so like, I, I'm fine interacting with the crowd, but I certainly don't need it or look for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Jared told us a story about how <laughs> I, you got you to have one of these, I imagine. Like when you interact with fans after the show, like take pictures and all that stuff, how, you know, fans like us, we feel so comfortable with the comedian because we feel like we kind of know you. And yeah. a fan once like shoved their finger up Jared's ass because Jared talked about how like it was funny, like in his bit. So the fan was like, oh, he'll laugh. That's a bit more intrusive than anything I've <laughs> yeah. That might have got punched in the face. But no, I mean, listen, I like at the end of the day, I try to be really gracious with the people that come out to see me. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. And I, I won't have a career without people willing to come to the show. So like, I'm always happy to do meet and greets and shake hands or take pictures. And, you know, sometimes you get stuck with someone who wants to talk a little too long or like worse than anything is when they want to tell you jokes or like stories. And they're like, oh, you can use this. And they tell me some boring, shitty story from yeah. their life that they think I'm going to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, but in general, I, I haven't had people really cross a boundary. I definitely haven't had a finger up my ass. <laughs> are you are you touring soon? Uh, so I'm on the road a little bit over the next few months. Like again, with Delta yeah. and, uh, and Corona, like everything is slowed down or up in the air um i just did vegas and tampa and i've got minnesota coming up in the fall and right now we're working on some dates but also because i write for tv i can't be on the road a lot because we're we're working Mm -hmm. so you won't be in new york anytime soon no i mean new york is one of those cities i'll be at random like throughout the year i'm sure i'll end up in new york three or four times this year i just never know when it is yeah we'll have to get your uh your phone number after or something we, we would definitely love to come to a show i mean i've been i've seen yeah. jared after he came on and um i unfortunately couldn't go see sam live but um yeah i'd love to see you live It'd be so fun. yeah i mean yeah i mean i'd love to have you guys and, and jared and sam are both up multiple times a night every night in new york so you can definitely go see them without a problem Mm-hmm. You got to uh, you got to send us some of your wife's material too because I feel like she definitely you said like she's already she's definitely shits on you in some of her skits no oh yeah for sure but um, actually it's funny you should mention that she did an hour special for Amazon last year that just oh, wow. this week they made free so I'll pro I'll promo it out to your list yeah 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 her, her name is Esther Steinberg and her special is called Burning Bush and it's available now on Amazon Prime we're gonna I'll follow her on our account right after this. Did you guys fight who's got the more Jewish last name before you guys started? Dating? <laughs> no, we, I mean, it was, we, we really just, we really just uh, up the ante with naming your son Moses. So now we're Moses. His name is Moses. Yeah. I love That's that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I love that. And she, she didn't hyphenate, but literally this is how committed to the bit she is. Like she did it because she thinks it's funny. She got, <laughs> of, she got rid of her middle name and used her maiden name as now her legal middle name. So because she thinks it's funny, her legal name is now Esther Steinberg Garden Swords. Oh my god, that's oh, fucking god. hilarious! Did you get? You must have gotten a lot of the uh, the Henry Rowan Gardner like garden hoser jokes growing yeah, up. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I got garden hoser at summer camp a lot. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, Actually, you like kind of look like that guy. That that's kind of your doppelganger. Me? Yeah. Oh, thank you. I think he's a cute little kid. <laughs> Kev from American Pie. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that. I mean, he kind of he definitely like 
in the American reunion, he had like that beard. He kind of looked like shit. I thought, but yeah, I like he's, him. he's a good looking dude. I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Want to get into a little matzo ball minute? Uh, yeah. Matzo, matzo. All right. Um, Noah, we love to do a little segment on the podcast called Matzo Ball Minute Questions. Just going to rattle okay. off a quick few. Fuck, kill, Mary. Burger King, Taco Bell, or McDonald's? Ooh. I'm going to marry Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Fuck McDonald's, kill Burger King, which is interesting because I have the track about Burger King on my yeah. album. But if I'm being honest, I think Taco Bell and McDonald's are both better than Burger King. I'm not a Burger King guy either, to be honest. But I, well, I, I am a Burger King guy. I'm just like, I'm a fast food guy. Not mm-hmm. anymore, but like, again, years of smoking weed. I have <laughs> I've had pretty much everything on all those menus. I love Taco Bell. I hope my cousin's not listening, Liz. She's like, it's one of the, uh, <laughs> she's in like corporate for Burger King. So actually, we love Burger King. <laughs> I don't listen. I said I love them all, but yeah, I between between Mary and Kill, I could alter, or I mean, between fuck and kill, I could alternate McDonald's or Burger King, but it's an easy choice. Mary Taco Bell for me, for sure. And while we're on this topic, we're thinking about uh, doing we've been thinking about the new segments, stuff like that, something similar to uh, like fuck kill Mary. If you could give us, I know it's like putting you on the spot, like another (laughs) name for like fuck kill Mary, what would you, which is supposed to be the same equivalent, yeah, pretty much concept, uh. Keep, toss, goodwill. It's better than what we had. We had like what was it? <laughs> Once, forever, and never. Uh, yeah, never. It was so lame. Sure. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking. Uh, it's a working title. <laughs> Once upon a time. No. Yeah. Uh, um, your favorite comedian growing up, and your favorite one of your favorite comedians to to listen to now and to watch. Uh, my favorite comedian growing up was Chris Rock, mm-hmm. um, and. One of my favorite comedians that I would encourage everyone to listen to now is actually my best friend in comedy who won last comic stand in the season I was on, uh, my man Clayton English. We came up in Atlanta together. Got to listen to him for sure. Um, Last one for you. It's kind of a weird one. Um, I love this. Uh, I love this one. I'm excited. um, How are you going to explain where babies come from to your kid? Honestly, I think he's just going to have to put on both of his parents' albums. And <laughs> like that would be pretty easy. I can just press play on any of our material. But, uh, I mean, the one of, one of uh, my wife and I's parenting philosophies is, like, not being precious with the kid. We already speak to him like he's a person and being honest. And so, like, I'll just let him know where babies come from. <laughs> kind of reminds me of – have you seen Anchorman 2? Yeah. When uh, I guess like Ron and Veronica are fighting and like Ron's kids like five years old, Ron goes, "He's a man. He's six. He needs to hear this." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of our approach. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Well, I I feel like you know, especially for me, like I mean, I'm only 25, but I know like when I have a kid, like I can't wait till like the kid curses and like you know, I, I, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I want to raise a respectful kid, but I also, <laughs> but I also don't want him to be a little bitch. So it's yeah. like yeah. I'll walk the line. Yeah, yeah, I want to raise a complete a complete piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, Long Island is a great place to start. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Wait, before you ask the question, I just want to, because I need to address it, and it won't mean anything to people who are listening, but visually, Justin, I'm just realizing that you're missing one entire side of your glasses. <laughs> yes. You have these crooked-ass glasses on. This entire- <laughs> yeah. Are you, you going to get those fixed or tape them on? or what's? The it's plan? been like three months. It's been like three months, and honestly, I was I was pretty tempted to get them fixed. And um, I was up last year in Texas, um, and every time we went out to drink or anything like that, and I had these glasses on, it was just like everybody would freak out. It would somehow start a story, and it was actually okay. like 
I was like, okay, like, this is pretty funny. So then like, I, I honestly, I whip them out at random times and I have a, like, I just wear them like this now. So half the time. Sure. Okay. So, so now you're like peacocking with broken glasses. So, so now I'm trying to like, uh, invent something like the one sided glasses. Got it. Okay. Well, you didn't know he's actually aspiring comedian as well. And that's his, that's his bit. That, that's your prop. <laughs> yeah. That's his prop. prop yeah. Um, so Noah, Noah, or what'd you call him? Zach? Zach, yeah, is that what you so before we let you before we let you go, uh, one final question that we kind of like to you know ask to to wrap things up. But yeah. you actually you use you know being Jewish a lot in your bits, so I feel like this will be you know this will hit home for you. But how is being Jewish growing up in Denver, um, you know, throughout your career? How has it kind of like impacted you to where you are now? Like, did you grow up you know relatively religious or? Yeah, I grew up in a, I grew up in a religious home, but also very secular. Like the the way I try to explain the vibe of the house I grew up in is like. I grew up by the time I was 17, I was like smoking weed with my parents, but I also mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to go out on Friday nights because of Shabbat. So uh-huh. it was like that kind of level of Judaism, but also cool, liberal, laid back. Uh, it, it impacted me in a lot of positive ways. I mean, I grew up in such a Jewish house in such a Jewish community that I think regardless of whether or not I actively try, like I'm just so inherently Jewish and in like my mannerisms and my culture and the moral compass it gave me that, um, you know, I don't, I don't like wake up and consciously do things for the sake of being Jewish, but I just think the person I am was more than anything impacted by the Judaism I was raised with. Mm. No. Yeah. I mean, and that's true for like all of us in a, in a sense, you know, like that's, that's like what our podcast is all about. Like we're not like a Jewish podcast. We're all just like culturally, that's how we are. Yeah, and, and listen, it's like, I don't know either you two at all, but I also know exactly who you are and I've known you yeah. my whole life. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I went to school and summer camp and Maccabee games with you and a yeah. thousand other yous. Not, not to take away from your own individualism, <laughs> but it's like, there's a familiarity to a certain kind of Jewish upbringing, at least American Jewish upbringing that, that just kind of feels very copy paste in a good way. You know? Yeah, no. Uh, hundred percent. That's why it's super easy when, you know, you hop in the zoom and right away, we're kind of just like shooting the shit. And I don't even, I don't even feel like we interviewed you. (laughs) I don't feel like you interviewed me either. So I guess that's good. good. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. We were supposed to have this this kid Zach on or something, but I don't know. I get it. Yeah. He's probably at Steelers minicamp right now. I want to talk to Moses. He's at daycare. Otherwise we'd bring him on. We bring him to shows sometimes. Yeah. I mean, tell me you guys, Tell me you guys, sorry, his, his first Halloween. Tell me you already uh, got the alpha picked up. Well, first Halloween, we did an avocado last year. <laughs> an avocado? Yeah, but this year, I think my wife is going to pick some kind of family theme, and I'll get stuck wearing some fucking costume I don't want to be in, but I'll do it. And, I was uh, thinking you were going to make him Moses, make him part in the Red wait, Sea. I just no, thought of a genius idea. idea. For Passover, we, we had him come to the Seder dressed as Moses. I have a genius idea for your next album. You seen the movie He Got Game with Denzel and Ray Allen? Yeah, he could be like he was Jesus. This could Jesus, be. Yeah. No, awesome. is that not a good idea? Moses Shuttlesworth. That'll be oh, the. Yeah. Title. I think that'd be that could be cool. But uh, yeah, I'll after I'll connect you with with Esther. Have her on, and maybe Moses will join her on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be great. We would definitely love to talk to her. But no, I seriously thank you so much for doing this. Like this was awesome, and um, we'd love to have you on as a recurring guest if you want to come on. You know, anytime you want. Happy to do it again. Absolutely. Appreciate it.
What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. We hope you guys loved the interview with Noah Garden Schwartz. What a last name. I'm going to keep saying it. it's one of my favorites, to be honest with you. But if you haven't, please go check out his new album, New Fodder. Absolutely. New Fodder. I think I said that right, right? I don't new know Fodder. what you said. Yeah, I don't know what you said. <laughs> I, I think I said it a little too fast, though. I, I kind of confused myself. But New Fodder, a little play on words there. We love it. But man, just another great interview. Um, such a good guy. Um, his wife, his wife, it's his wife, right? Or his fiance? His wife. Um, regardless. They have um, a baby. His wife, sorry. <laughs> yeah, they have a baby. They have a baby. Um, but his his wife's a comedian as well. We're hoping to get her on soon. Um, so so yeah, I mean, just just another great interview. It's crazy to hear his story, man. Started off as an elementary school teacher, like just wild to to see where he is today. It's kind of like living his dream, you know what I mean? He's a comedian, like so cool. Yeah, I thought it was really nice for you to call him Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah he didn't like that too much maybe ben in the skinny days if ben yeah. was ever skinny yeah that one might have backfired a little bit but definitely an awesome guy and, and we did contact his wife esther steinberg so uh she'll come on i think at some point in the near future so we'll hear her side of of the story and how they're raising moses and and all that stuff because that was pretty awesome to hear you know just about being a married comedian couple i think that's not very uh very common so um definitely cool to hear both sides of that yeah, no, for sure. It was crazy just to like, I mean, you, uh, talking to you before, like I was interested to hear like the last comic standing and like that whole route and shit like that, like us being hockey players, like a competitive standpoint. I was pretty shocked to hear like how political it was kind of, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't really you? know. I don't know much about it. I didn't do that much research on that. So uh, I'm happy you did because I just I just don't know much about the last comic standing, but it was definitely cool to hear stories about it. Yeah, no, it was different. I mean, and he was a, a semifinal, which semifinal representative, which is, I mean, that, that's that's crazy. It's the, the yeah. top comics, you know, in the country that, that are battling to be the last comic standing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. No, Basically, awesome. America's got talent for comedian. Yeah, no, I, I'll maybe I'll take a watch, but I probably won't because I just watch the same shit over and over <laughs> and over again because I will not find a way to start something new. Um, but the maybe white someday. lotus started tonight. Maybe someday, but I do want to take a second and talk about our sponsor, Mindset Wellness CBD. I know it's kind of sad right now that we're, you know, towards the end of August and summer's wrapping up. I know that might be making people a little anxious. And the best thing to get over your anxiety is Mindset Wellness CBD. And you can get the full mindset, the total mindset gummies that I have right here. They got happy, calm, focused, health, and rest. I take Mindset Wellness gummies probably six out of seven days of the week, just not Saturdays because Saturdays I'm always happy and I have no anxiety. But um, pretty much, you know, Sunday to Friday, I'm taking Mindset Wellness just to help my anxiety, helps with my sleep, just helps with everything. I actually woke up at like three in the morning the other night having like a panic attack and I took two or three calm gummies, went right back to sleep. So it really helped. So go to MindsetWellnessCBD.com, use our code LOCK10 for 10% off plus free shipping. That is MindsetWellnessCBD.com. Our code is LOCK10, L-A-T-K-E-10 and check them out on Instagram at MindsetWellnessCBD. I don't have much else to cover on this episode. Cabby, got any final thoughts? I'm good. Just want to thank Noah one more time for coming on, obviously. Um, go support him. Go follow him. Go check out his new album, like I said, New Fodder. And uh, go subscribe to The Locker Room if you guys want. You know, I mean, you could do that if you're interested. But we love you guys, and uh, we hope you guys love this interview. Yep. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Love you.